0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, I welcome my friend, Jesse Paul Smith, to the show as we dig into what it takes to persist in your dreams. Jesse is a speaker, entertainer, coach. He is the host of the My Creative District Podcast and the creator of the World Dance Challenge. My biggest takeaways from this episode are number one, depression can happen to anyone in any situation. This is where Jesse found himself, even after working with such greats as Rihanna and Justin Timberlake. Number two, we were not meant to help everyone, but we were meant to help someone, and how can we find our someone, our tribe, that we can help? And three, stop comparing ourselves to others because all that glitters is not gold. Jesse will also share with you how I inspired and taught him how to dance. (laughs) Okay, that didn't happen. I can't even do the sprinkler move, and I just saw Jesse do one of these one-arm handstand moves. Yeah, not me. So today, we're gonna be thinking big on how to move forward with our dreams and stay persistent. Well, everyone, I want to welcome the one and only Jesse Paul Smith to the podcast. I have been wanting to get you on this podcast for a long time, and we finally got to uh, kind of work together last month at uh, Summerfest Live, and which was uh, it was great. It was great to hear a lot of the stuff that you uh, that you had to say, and uh, one of the things that really struck me, and I think might strike uh, might strike other people uh, odd as well. And I noticed it, but you are just like me. You are an introvert. You are. Everyone yeah. would assume that you're an extrovert because you're you're always on stage, you're dancing. But you, when you got off stage, you just like me. You'd go over to the kind of the side to the corner, and just start going into deep thought. And I'm like, son of a bitch, he's just he's an introvert just like me. So, so true, that, man. Oh, man, that surprised me. I did not see that because everyone would assume by watching you on stage and watching you dance and do what you do that you are uh, an extrovert, but you're absolutely not. So that's, that surprised me. And uh, uh, that, and it was great, uh, great getting to know you there. I wanted to kind of start talking about where you came from and kind of how you got where you are. You know, to me, success always leaves clues. And talking with people that have done— Really great things. Uh, there's always clues that they have. There's always things that they that they can give to the world on on how they got where they are. You know, I, I'm assuming everything was just all easy for you and it was all roses and you know just oh, no, of no course. problems we just, at all.
1: You know, we just uh, my my road to success was a straight line. There was no bumps or you know complete detours. No, none of that.
0: So how, how go back to, you know, in the mid 2000s, you know, 2005, when you started to getting into uh, stuff back in LA, how did that, how did that happen?
1: The funny thing is, is that uh, I think we always watch everybody else's trajectory or their success. And we believe that everybody else's success is so much easier than ours. They obviously had it way easier than I did. And also, I think that we underestimate the um We underestimate the amount of things either we've done or the amount of success we ourselves have because I think we're constantly looking up at somebody else. So when somebody asks me, you know... What what? How did you get your success in in Hollywood? I always laugh because I'm like success. You obviously didn't. You only got the editor's edition, right? <laughs> because uh, <laughs> my my you know my life out in L.A. Although it looked pretty because I was on MTV or doing music videos with Rihanna or a Pepsi commercial with Justin Timberlake or whatever the deal was, everybody thought that things were rosy and red. Um, it was from a place of uh, all That Glitters Isn't Gold, because it was actually during that time that I started experiencing depression for the first time, which is crazy because you would you would believe that I was actually achieving what I set out to, to do. I wanted to do so badly is, is to be, you know, dancing with the stars and doing all these big Hollywood things. Um, and I'll explain why in a minute. But in the midst of that was because I was, or in the midst of that, I was experiencing depression. And what I, what I believe when people ask me all the time, Jesse, what's the number one thing that you feel has kind of been your superpower to get you where you are right now uh, in life and in business? And it's persistence because I'll tell you right now is the, the number, I, I have failed so many times. I can't even tell you. I've been knocked down. I've I've been flat on my back to the point where I didn't know if I was going to be able to get back up. But there was always that, there was always that, that drive that got me to that got me to get back up. Now my drive started from an unhealthy place, um, and my drive started from a place of there was two things that I wanted in life, and and the first one was that I wanted to do something significant. I wanted to do something to, to to you know, so big that it was going to require people to pay attention to me because I the other thing that I wanted more than anything was to be loved. And I believed that you got love by the significance of your life. You got love based on because I was a I was I was bullied in school, I was a I was a band geek, I was rejected. So I always looked at these, you know, the star football players and the star basketball players and the, and the, the you know, the popular kids. They had the, the fancy cars or the parents had nice jobs. I looked at them as they were significant. So if I wanted to get the attention that they were getting, I needed to do and be something significant in order to get it. And here's the thing. Whenever you are trying to buy love or trying to get your love through significance... It's never a healthy place because what we don't realize is that we're significant at birth. We were significant from the second that we came out of our mother's womb because we were created and we are unique and we're special just as human beings. So, because of all that, um, you know, I didn't realize the value that I already had. And so I was constantly trying to earn it. And no matter how many big jobs you get, no matter what significance you do in life, you're going to realize that there are a lot of people that don't love you the way that you expected them to. And so you're in this vicious cycle of constantly trying to be somebody in order to be loved. It wasn't until I came to that place that I realized that, oh, wait, I don't need to do all these things to to earn people's love. They're going to love me for who I am And when I can actually rest on that and believe in that, um, that's when I started to really pull out of that depression and when things started to kind of turn around for me.
0: So, I mean, do you think there is a healthy versus unhealthy? Because to me, we always have to be driven by something. We're always driven by one thing or another. We don't do things just because we want to or because we want to go, you know, we don't want to go to the gym because we just want to go to the gym. I mean, there's always going to be a motivation. Do you, do you find getting a healthy, you know, moving that into more of a healthy motivation? Cause again, we, we, to me, we have to have drive and part of that's, you know, from passion and, and things that we do, but you know, what drives you now, if, if you realize this now and, and what's kind of driving you now?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. You there? We are motivated one way or another. One of the one of the people that I've studied a lot over my personal growth and development journey, besides John Maxwell, has been Tony Robbins, and he talks about you know the six human needs and how we're all motivated in one way, shape, or form. So yes, a hundred percent. You have to be motivated, and because because that is a part of life, I believe there is a healthy and an unhealthy way to get motivated. Right? See. My motivation at the beginning was for myself to earn something that um, that I believe we're not set up to earn. And when, you know, Tony will call it horse trading, I'll love you, I'll love you if you do this, or I'm going to give you this so you love me in return. It's coming from an unhealthy place. It's a bad motivation. And so many people find themselves empty when they try to gift from that space, right? My motivation now is, you know after I came back from after I came back from LA, I almost committed suicide, almost jumped off a bridge. and uh, that changed my life forever because I started to then have sympathy for people that really battled that. I started to have sympathy for people that felt insignificant to the point where they felt like they needed to end their life. And um, I wanted so badly for my voice to be able to be somebody that could encourage them. That they they themselves were significant. Just because you're not on stage singing, or because you don't have two million followers on Instagram, does not weight your significance or the value that you bring as a human being. Um, and and I wanted so many people to to hear that message. And so that's what my motivation is now. Even with my show, is I know what it's like being a dancer. I know what it's like being a performer, doing so many things on stage from an unhealthy for an unhealthy reason. Yes, we love the we love the accolades, we love the crowd response, we love it when people love us for our art and our skill set, but when it's always to get their love instead of you giving your love through your performance skills, um you're going to find yourself getting in trouble. And so, um I I my motivation every time that I get on and do an episode, anytime I get on a podcast, anytime I get up on stage, is I spend less time talking about tactics and strategies and more speaking to the individual and telling them, hey, listen, I don't care where you're at in your business. I don't care if you're an eight-figure business owner or if you're just starting out in your journey. I don't care if you've ever had a record deal or put a song on Spotify. I don't care if you've ever danced in a music video or whatever your deal is. Just by you being here on this planet, you're valuable. And that's the number one message that I want people to hear through anything that I ever do
0: yeah it really goes back to you are enough and it it's it's that simple you are enough now do you think so when you came back from LA and you know and you you thought about committing suicide do you think that was going from a high To a low. In other words, you were at this huge high in in LA and doing these things. Was it? uh, Do you think it was just going back down to a low? Uh, You know, not having that stuff to uh, to help drive, or what do you? I'm just trying to get into that mindset because I've done, I've seen the same thing, and and I think that's where you know part of where we can you know help audiences and help people is talk about you know what was going through, you know what what were the things that kind of kicked off even thinking about that, that, you know, really triggered that, that thought, you know, what are some things that if you look back and said, okay, at that time, had I done this or this, or if I had so-and-so to talk to, that would have really changed that point of, uh, of my life and, and really what was going on then?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. You know, One of the things, there was a bunch of things that happened. um, And I I think a lot of your listeners are going to be able to relate to this story because I think we all have times in our life where we feel like the cards are stacked against us, where we feel like everything is going wrong and we're so stuck in the moment that we cannot see it getting any better. And I think we're almost afraid of it getting worse. And for me, that was what it was. Because see, when I came home from LA, I didn't originally come home to stay home. I came home... Uh, yes, a little bit with my tail between my legs, but it was my parents, uh, our missionaries and they were getting ready to move to Malawi, Africa and, uh, do some work over there. And they had asked me to take care of their estate. Well, I was going to come home for three months. I called my agency and said, listen, I'm going to come home for three months and, uh, just help my parents and I'll be back. Uh, and, um, so I went, I went back home. I was driving in 1999 Cadillac Eldorado, two door, uh, no air conditioning, black on black. Don't ever do that when you're driving through the desert, by the way. Terrible idea. Uh, but I drove home and, you know, I started to have co- some car problems on my way home and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking too much of it until I pulled into my parents' driveway and Um, at that time I was going to be staying, obviously staying with them. So I pull into their driveway and I put my car in park. Now I am definitely not a car savvy guy. I have to, I can barely change my oil. Okay. So uh, let's just put the, 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 the stipulation there. But, um, I know enough to know that your transmission can malfunction. Okay. (laughs) And I've heard it can just completely seize on you. Um, I have yet to tell, talk to a mechanic that said, oh, I've heard of that happening before. But when I put my car in park, my transmission literally fell out of my car. Um, and uh, it was though that was the moment that the, that the, the downhill you know roller coaster started because um, I didn't have much money at the time, so I didn't have money to get back. And then I felt stuck. And I don't know about you, but if you ever feel stuck, it's a terrible feeling. I hate feeling controlled. I hate feeling stuck. I hate feeling like I can't get out. Um, and, and that was really bad. And then on top of that, um, I started to get into some really big disagreements with some people that I was at home with. And I started to quickly realize, listen, just because you did music videos and just because you dance next to these big name stars... Doesn't change a darn thing. People don't care. They care one minute and the next minute they don't. You're cool for one second and then you're forgotten the next. And when I started to realize, holy crap, I thought the only way to become loved was to do something significant. And I thought I did some significant things and now it doesn't matter. And I felt like not only can I not be significant because I'm stuck, but now I can't get loved because I can't get significant. And there's people that are telling me that I'm worthless, that I'm a failure. So when you understand, the, the, the thing that I've learned through this is that when you understand what motivates you, you know, and we have these, you know, these six human needs that Tony talks about that I've really... I I, I've I've built a lot of my programs around. I've built a lot of my coaching programs around because I just love people. And whether you're a business owner, you're a performer, you're a mother, we're all motivated by the same things. We just have to understand what motivates us. But when you understand what motivates you, um, and you you understand what motivates you and you understand how you fill those motivational needs. We all have good things that we do it with and we all have bad things that we do it with. And what I learned through my, you know, awakening moment, just just after I committed, almost committed suicide, was that, that if I knew what I wasn't getting, I could figure out ways to fill that need just in a different way. And... Um, but that's really what what brought me to that point was I really I knew my top needs were significance and and connection and when I felt like that was being taken from me now all of a sudden I didn't want to I didn't want to exist anymore.
0: Goes for a lot of people I think and I think a lot of people's if you go through the six needs six needs and anybody listening I highly recommend you go and and take Tony Robbins' uh, six needs assessment. It's it's one of the most it's a very great tool to start understanding yourself and, and what, what motivates you. Now, what, one of the things that you said, uh, at the last conference that I was at, uh, one of the, one of the quotes that you had was being good without passion is worthless. What did you mean to me that, that, that's that out of all the stuff that you said, that one thing really struck me. Uh, that's one of the things that struck me was being good without passion is worthless. And, and it's absolutely true. Cause if you don't have passion for something, You could be the best at, you could be the best dancer. You could be the best businessman. You can be the best uh, in in sports, but if you don't have passion, you're not going to go, you're not going to go anywhere. And what really, so right now I I understand what a lot of your passion is with the, you know, the world dance challenge. What, how did you, or why did you start the world dance challenge and, and what, what drove you to, to start that? And that is a fantastic thing. I'd like to know, you know, discuss a little bit about the, the world dance challenge as well. Because that is a – to me, that – when I look at that and I watch you do that, to me, that is a passion project for you. You can tell when you are doing that that you are absolutely passionate about what you're doing, about helping people. And I don't know about you, but for me, having a outlet to be creative, having an outlet to be passionate about something – absolutely drives to me us as human beings. If we cannot be passionate about something, it's not just worthless. It's why why live? If we are not hell bent and passion on, on doing something. So I absolutely love the World Dance Challenge. How did you start why did you start that? I love the creativity of that by the way, of taking you know taking these challenges and taking them online and doing you know doing that. That is a wonderful thing. What what drove you to do that?
1: This is a great, a great question because we're talking about, first of all, we were talking about my journey in 2005 and 2006. Now you're now you're fast forwarding to 2020 when this all started, right? Almost 14 years later. Um, and I know sometimes I'm a slow learner. I got a thick skull. So it takes me a lot of time to smash my head on a wall before I realize it hurts. <laughs> um, and, you know, I... I've, when you talk about the fact of being passion without being, uh, being good without having passion is, is, is worthless. What I meant by that is you can be really good at something and have no passion behind it. And eventually you're going to burn out on it because I, I had that happen to me. And, uh, you know, my, my corporate background to sales and, and leader and leading sales teams, scaling businesses through sales. It's, it's one of the things that I'm really good at doing. But when you're not passionate about who you're doing it for or you're not passionate about the industry, you're not passionate about the product. I made a ton of money, but I was finding myself completely burned out. And here's here's the thing, is that we all this all stems back from going back to the fact that you're valuable for who you are, okay? Um, those of you that are either listening to this on on, on audio or you're watching the video, you're going to see I'm all tatted up, right? Completely tatted up. Um, and I dress like I'm 18. I, I wear ripped jeans. Uh, you know, I wear the, the fancy T-shirts, the hat back, you know, worn backwards. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a performer through and through, a dancer. I, I love all of the fashion that goes into that, right? Um, but when I was starting to scale businesses, so starting to go back into the corporate realm, I was starting to serve the audience that, that was there. And in that audience that was there, um, a lot of that was suit and tie stuff. It was, it was trying to be a different version of myself because I felt like in order for me to earn the money, in order for me to succeed, I needed to be who they wanted me to be. Now, again, there is nothing wrong with understanding your audience. There is nothing wrong when it comes to you, know, you, you uh, fitting the part. I, there's times that you need to do that. But what I have learned for myself is that, especially when it comes to building a business, build a business around people you enjoy being around and enjoy serving. Now, um, you know, some people, they want to serve a a group of people that have a ton of money. They want to serve a group of people that walk a certain way. They want to serve a group of people that live in a certain area. Um, I think where, where the passion for worldwide dance challenge came for me the most was first of all, me giving permission to be myself again, because in the corporate world, I got so lost into being who I was. You know, I was walking around in tailored, you know, very expensive tailored suits that no matter how many times you tailored it, it never fit me. And the reason for that was because I just wasn't made to wear a suit. If you ever listen to Steve Sims, who's known as the the modern-day Wizard of Oz speak, he'll talk about how he tried wearing a suit. When you see him, this guy gets paid like big bucks to do everything. So, you know, he tried wearing a suit. If you see this guy speak, I mean, he he gets paid big bucks to keynote. Um, He gets asked to do things that most people that look at it as impossible to do, do. But there was a time he tried to wear a suit. And it didn't work for him. He now wears a black t-shirt and black jeans. He And it doesn't matter if he's at a corporate event with a bunch of real estate investors. That's how he's going to dress. Why? Because he knows who he is. And you're like, you might be saying, well, Jesse, does it really about how you dress? No, it's about knowing who you are. And first giving yourself permission to accept that because who you are was made for a purpose. And I say this, I've been saying this the last year. We were not all made we weren't made to impact everybody we just weren't but we were all made to impact somebody yep. our job is to find that somebody and double down but see who you are as a person was given to you for a reason so that you can impact that somebody because who you are from the way that you dress the way that you talk the way that you walk your fashion preferences your music preferences even your, your hobby preferences are made to impact that one or group of, of people. And I had to first give myself permission to do that. And trust me, I had a ton of reasons why I couldn't. I hadn't been in the dance industry forever, right? I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the credibility anymore. I had all the dancers are broke, blah, 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 blah. I had all these reasons why I couldn't serve this group of people. But when I finally locked myself in a room for eight hours to to get down to the root of who do I really want to serve? Who do I really want to do this with? And I was willing to do that and and gave myself permission of like, okay, again, regardless of all the what ifs, this is who I really want to serve. And when I gave myself permission, I think the beautiful thing about giving yourself permission to serve the audience you were made to serve, you give yourself permission to be the person you were created to be because of that. And I was able to connect with the people that I wanted to connect with. I felt for the first time in a really long time, this is where I'm supposed to be. And the passion just just exploded out of that, those two things coming together.
0: The great, and it took me a long time to do this, but I think one of the great things is talking about our past, you know, talking about the hard shit that we went through, you know, talking about the stuff that you went through and, you know, almost committing suicide. To me, I was very ashamed of my past, so I never ever talked about it. I mean, no one knew anything about my past. And I started to realize, and I started to learn, like what you were saying is, if I want to impact the people that I can impact, I've got to talk about, I've got to show that there was a way out. I've got to not only deal with, but I've got to be able to open up and talk about the stuff that I've done, the stuff that I've gone through, because those are the people that I can influence, those are the people that I can help. And the stuff that you've gone through, the stuff that you've done, those are the people that can learn the most from you and the ones that you can impact, uh, you can impact their lives. And it's, it is, it, it, to me, I could not find those people. You know, you say you gotta find the, you know, the one person or the group of people that you, can, uh, that you can affect. Until I was able to talk about my past and the stuff that I'd gone through, I couldn't find my people. I couldn't find the tribe of people that I could help because I was uh, too ashamed of, of actually even talking about it in public. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, I used to say that, uh, you know, my past was, you know, dropout club was like fight club. And, you know, the first thing you, you do is you never talk about dropping out of school. <laughs> it's like fight club. You don't talk about it. And until I learned that those things, the things that we're doing, we're talking about our past, we're talking about how we got out of it, how we, you know, persisted, how we moved forward, that's how we help other people that are two steps, three steps, four steps behind us. And absolutely love, absolutely love that. And so do you think that passion drives persistence? Cause to me, you have to have you're gonna fail if you're not persistent. I don't care what you what you do, whether it's dance or whether if you don't have persistence, you're going to fail at it. And do you think passion is one of those drivers that keeps you going when you don't want to get back up, when you've been kicked down one more time, when you don't think that there's you know, light at the end of the tunnel? Going and, to me, passion helps drive me to continue to say, okay, I'm going to get up one more damn time. I'm going to keep doing this again and, and go from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think you definitely need passion in some form, right? And and uh I mean, there's there's times where, you know, I have felt lost. I have felt like um I have felt like um I didn't really know where to go or what to do. Uh and the passion to succeed, uh, has definitely always been something that has, has been really, uh, a driving force to me, even at the the lowest of lows. Um, but I definitely know that when you do find passion, uh, that you're going to definitely have more persistence because, I, I, I equate the amount of persistence that you have is equivalent to the passion that you find in the project that you're working on whether it's oh, lifting absolutely. you know weight weight lifting or you know losing weight or, or getting into shape you know uh, whether you want to be a, a performer on stage or you wanting to build a business um, I, I definitely believe that passion has a lot to do with with driving your your persistence and It's, it's, it's not something that that this is why so many people, so many people will, you'll hear people talk about start with your why. And I definitely believe that starting with your why is important when it comes to, you know, finding your passion. But I think that there is something that, you know, um, a friend of mine, Cody Jefferson, uh, made a post that, uh, that I saw on Twitter and then he posted it on his Facebook and, and uh, his Instagram, and I was like, "That is so brilliant." And it says, "Start with your why," and he had the why crossed out, and he put in who. And uh, I really think that there's a lot to 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 be said about the who. Now, the who could just be you. The who could be you. The who could be the 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 who could be one person. But there is there is a who that is going to drive your why, because when you really realize who it is you know, that you want to impact. And whether that's your family, you know, I really want to, you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, I want to be able to give my kids a better life. Okay, so your who first starts with your kids and then your who is who you're serving, right? And that could be your audience. But um, I think that uh, the who is always, it always comes back to finding value in, in yourself and And so it's a it's a healthy passion because you can you can get passionate to to drive for success and still be bitter. Um, if you don't really understand the who part it it could be a, it could be a problem.
0: And you know going back to kind of the the world dance challenge, so you just wrapped up your your year on that. how do you think that? Helped other people. What? What? How, you know that. To me, that's kind of your your who is. You know, you're you're helping these people. What types of things do you? How did you affect people's lives by doing uh, the World Dance Challenge? Because I, I I so I'm looking at it from the outside. Of course, I can't dance worth. I can't. <laughs> trust me. You don't want to see me. You don't want to see me try to dance. I I not not there. Uh, how do you think? What impact do you see? that that made on all these people i've watched you know many of the the different dances what kind of impact do you think you made doing that
1: well the cool thing is is because the way that we set up the challenge i was very intentional with making sure that we were interacting with all of the you know we were interacting with all of the the dancers that were coming in and i I think you know when we first started the challenge I, i i gotta be honest with you we got caught up with you know we started it out of the pandemic and so at the time that we started it all all shows were shut down world of dance was shut down america's got talent was shut down i mean you couldn't record you couldn't do anything dancers couldn't i mean all tours got canceled i mean dancers couldn't do anything so we were really kind of the new guys to the forefront Um, and, and doing it the way that we were doing it, there was a lot of online competitions that were doing things, whether it was hosting it on Instagram or whatever, but what we were doing with how we were doing it with live judges and dancers dancing live from their homes and all this kind of stuff. We were kind of a really unique blend. And, um, so a lot of people said you got, man, this is going to go viral, but you only have a certain window. And, I had people tell me, you know, you need to get famous people to jump on board with this right away. It's going to require you to give away so much equity into the project, but you need that, you need that specific person. And, and, uh, you know, so none of those things panned out. And again, if we weren't really dialed in on who we were serving, um, I think we could have, we could have interrupted, uh, the flow and we could have really, um, we could have really robbed ourselves. And the people that we did impact um, of the opportunity of us to be able to do that. So I say all that because we had a lot of ups and downs. We had a lot of people that you know at first the show, show caught fire. We had a lot of people watching, um, and then you know we we had some ups and downs with some with some things, and the growth didn't happen at the rate that we were that we expected. Right, we kind of fizzled out. Um, and, and now we've had some more growth since then, but you know, what I learned was something that I learned in sales actually way back when was love the one you're with. And when you realize that you're there for impact and you're there to make a difference, you need to be okay with making a difference in the one before you can make a difference in the many. And, uh, you know, So I started to really get dialed in and starting to have calls with these dancers once almost every day, you know, just to make sure that we're serving them the way that we can understand what their needs are. How do we serve them the best? It really helped us to get good on our platform. It helped us to really get dialed in on how we could really put together something that the dancers wanted to be involved with because we identified that we weren't looking for viewers. We were looking for dancers, And if we could serve the dancers, the viewers are eventually going to come, whether they're dancers that are going to watch it or it's going to be the audience that loves dance. But I wasn't there to serve an audience of people that would want to watch dance. I wanted to really genuinely serve the dancer. Because one of the things that we kept hearing over and over and over again is these shows are just utilizing us to make money. They don't really care about us. We're another number. And, you know, we had our finals... And through the finals, after the finals, we've had some get togethers with dancers and I've had dancers tell me, Jesse, you gave me belief in myself that I'm going to double down on. And I would have never been able to do this without your show. Um, the, the winner that won, if, if, you, if you get a chance, you can, you can check out the, the interview that we did with the winner, who was this uh, pretty much an unknown B-boy from the island of Guam. In his audition video, it was super cool because he's auditioning and he's, got, he's out outside and he's got this like piece of plywood, smooth plywood that he uses to, to, to do head spins on and to practice his, his stuff on. He's got chickens running around him all the time because, I mean, they don't, they don't have very much money. And um, this kid won $5,000 and to see how much this competition kept him mentally sane through the pandemic... We had people that came to us and said, um, we had people that came to us and said, you know, uh, just watching this show gave me inspiration to uh, to see that there can be light at the end of the tunnel. One of the things that we do with these dancers is we give them business coaching advice on how to build a platform around their passion for dance that they can monetize right now, even in a pandemic. A lot of these kids don't have this, this entrepreneurship skill set. They don't understand how to build right. a platform. And because... I spent time and gave them ideas on how to build platforms. There's there's dancers right now that are teaching online that they would have never thought of teaching online had I not been able to just show them how to do it. Um, and so we've literally, I mean, a b boy from Jamaica. I gave him an idea on how to do it. So it, it was it was just really cool um, to see. We had a guy. Uh, one of my one of my uh, favorite stories from the, the the show was one of our top six, Max. 40 years old from Argentina. And this guy, he said the number one reason why he wanted to do our show is to prove to his daughters that dreams don't know an age. And that just struck my heart so much. But because him being on the show, he was like, Jesse, you gave me more belief in myself for where I'm at in my life right now. Because I believe that, I truly believe that dreams don't know an age. And this guy's teaching, he's got a studio in Argentina, he's teaching people, but now he's been able to take that belief and instill that in his students. And the thing of it is, is that we won't know the impact of the show because you don't know the, tr- the trickle down effect. You don't know what's going to happen. And because it's online, we don't know what it's going to do for people that watch later on. Um, so it's been, that has been my cup fill is to know that we're literally in instilling energy and passion and belief into these dancers to believe that because our world has changed doesn't mean their life is over. We just have to start looking at things differently.
0: And to me, that is absolutely amazing impact that you've had. And I can tell you without a doubt that that is going to not only did it impact a ton of people but I think it's going to impact more and more people as as they watch it and, and they see it does it gives people hope it gives people the outlet now are you looking at doing a season two of the world dance challenge
1: oh yeah we're we're here to stay um that's you know the next thing that we're doing now is to to gain sponsorships and to get people that want to get involved um and help us scale it to a bigger level because I want to make a big impact I want to make this something that uh you know is a major platform for dancers to to be able to showcase their talent build community and uh, you know and and compete they love to compete and now with you know the 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 announcement of World of Dance being canceled um, you know there's as a TV show there's 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 a room in the marketplace for us to be able to do stuff even on a bigger scale and uh, that's that's what we're looking to do I'm not looking to go away by any stretch I want this to be a platform that is a major uh, a major platform for the dance community to be able to utilize, um, grow from, uh, experience, and and uh, and hopefully they can use this to be an inspiration platform for them to help them go and build a career that they really want to build.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I could submit a video for the next one, just for the, your your comedy section not not for the actual. But you know those shows. I always have the comedy ones, of the you know the singers that can't absolutely can't sing, but they make it because it's good TV. I could be that. I could be that, right, could be that right. token comedic relief for uh, for the show. I absolutely want to thank you for for taking the time to be on. And uh, I'm telling you, you have already made a huge impact on you know, this world on people. And I, I truly appreciate all the stuff that you're doing. I, I, what I absolutely love seeing is people when they get creative to help people. So doing like this world dance challenge, you know, you've taken, you know, the kind of the online stuff, you've taken things that have been there, but you put them together through creativity to do something that no one's really doing. And it's, absolutely impacting and helping people, uh, in this world get through crap. I mean, to me, that was a perfect time to have that during this pandemic is being able to still do things, uh, with what we were going through and, you know, still going through, but, uh, the creativity is 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 amazing, and and so again, thank you for doing what you do, uh, thank you for giving back to the world and talking about the stuff that you've gone through. You're uh, absolutely impacting and helping uh, other human beings. So thank you so much for uh, for that.
1: Well, it's definitely an honor for me to be able to sit down and chat about it. I I'm a full believer in transparency, and and uh, you know um, us just being willing to share our experiences so other people don't feel like they're alone um, and that they can see that if people that have experienced the things that they've experienced um, have been able to make it to the other side and succeed, uh, then they can too. And that's really what I want my life story to be utilized for. So I appreciate you giving me the platform to do it.
0: Oh, well, thank you! And all the people listening in the show notes are going to be links to go to all of uh, Jesse's stuff: his uh, his uh, World Dance Challenge, his podcast, the Creative uh, Creative District podcast, uh, and that's another. So, you know we. Kind of running out of time, but that is another platform that you are absolutely helping people with. That's a great, another great podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, jump over to that podcast as well. We're gonna have a link in the show notes for that. Uh, and and keep up the the creative. Keep up, you know, the passion. Keep up doing what you're doing. And I just can't see you in a suit and tie. So so don't don't go back to that. <laughs> I can't see that
1: only for very rare occasions. Very very rare occasions.
0: It was such a great time having Jesse on the show. And if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, please take a second to rate and review the show on iTunes. Every podcaster will tell you that iTunes reviews drives listeners to the shows. So please let me know what your thoughts are and make sure that you subscribe using your favorite podcast player. It means so much to me and the guests. And until next week, remember to always think big.